Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh. Welcome to the fourth year, I can't believe it's been four years, that we've been doing uh, the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. As always, we thank you for your support, particularly during this time of pandemic. We thank you for the way in which you have supported this podcast, for the way that you have supported our church. Uh, We always like to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to me via email at fredjeffsmith at cox.net. fredjeffsmith at cox.net. Let us know how we're doing or how we can better service you. I'm very grateful today to have as my guest, Ms. Tanika Morrison, who is an entrepreneur, is an entertainment host, is a fashionista and is a registered nurse. Ms. Morrison, thank you so much for coming by and sharing with us today. How are you? Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good considering the weather tried to not be so comfortable. It's been a rough week, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know, I didn't lose any power, so I can't complain. Well, I got something. I, I got a bone to pick with you now. <laughs> because <laughs> we lost said, power. We, oh, we, no. we were three days without power. We just got it back last night. Oh. But uh, we, we're... We're grateful to be back in a warm house. Yeah. So, tell me, what, some, so. what does it mean to be a fashionista? Help me to understand that. My mantras that I give myself, right? <laughs> I hope I can back them up. But um, I think that a fashionista is someone who, like, fashion, style, it, they're individual about it. Mm-hmm. And it's near and dear to their heart. So... Pretty much anyone can be a fashionista mm-hmm. if they have those qualities, is mm-hmm. what I think. If, if it doesn't take any kind of special formalized training or anything, necessarily. I mean, if you choose to put more into it, great. But it's just something I... I I just use that to describe myself because fashion is really my passion. Okay, so help me to understand, as, as someone who is completely clueless with regard to fashion... That's not self-deprecating. It's just an observation of fact. Uh, help me to understand what it is about fashion that uh, perhaps I should know that I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're talking about just, blending fabrics and colors and mm-hmm. materials and things like that, pretty soon my eyes gloss over. So, so, so help help me with understanding. So, that. so that's just. So you're not a fashionista, right? <laughs> what you pretty much have said, because a person that's a fashionista, what you, those things you just said about mm-hmm. blending and fabrics and colors and mixing and patterns and all that, like when we hear that and when we see that, it just we get butterflies. It clicks, huh? Yeah, we yeah. get butterflies and we get excited. And so what you're missing is that piece. It's just not. <laughs> Probably in you. Yeah. You can do enough to get yourself, like, you know your colors. Right. So you know what's right. considered, you know, you can walk around and see what's acceptable, you know, as far as our culture, and you can follow the rules and mm-hmm. put it together. Mm-hmm. But you're just missing the passion part. And that's just, you got it or you don't, I yes, think. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah, that's all. So, 
You're from Baton Rouge, born and raised here in, in yes. Baton Rouge. Tell me uh, what your story is. You, you you grew up here in South. You, you were telling me your house is not very far from where we are right now. Right. Uh, so I, I live in 16th Street, not, not not far from where we are at all. Tell me what it was like growing up in Baton Rouge uh, oh, at that man. time in that area. It was great, especially like we went outside. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. Let, let's start with that. Yes. <laughs> we were outside. We knew our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, man, especially South Baton Rouge was a great place because, I mean, we had, you know, back then things were a little more segregated, but not really without saying it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? We just stuck together a little differently. Um, we had interaction, of course, with all races, but Baton Rouge was different then. Mm-hmm. I remember going through, uh, up until I think the 90s, we were still trying to do school desegregation and making the numbers yes. work, you know, the 60-40, and you're getting bust over here and there. Absolutely. Um, but... You know, going, being able to go to school with your friends, being able to um, know that Miss, you know, Lange down the street, I was really uh, Miss Lange, was going to make sure that when you walked down the street from the bus or whatever that you got home, mm-hmm. if your parents weren't home, which mine were, they were retired, they were older, but um, making sure that that you were good and it was a great place then. We didn't have the same worries. We had worries, mm-hmm. but we just didn't have the same worries. And um, I kind of miss, well, I do. I do miss that. I do miss that. And you mentioned that your parents were older. Are mm-hmm. you a, a, a baby girl uh, in the family? It, it, are, is there more than one? Where do you fall in the number? So I fall, with, and I have, so it's like two, you know, but we don't really do that in the African-American community step and all of that. But Mm -hmm. for my father, I'm his baby. Okay. And then for my mother, I have a sister, one sister after me. Okay. So I'm way down the line (laughs) because I have seven sisters and four brothers. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So it's a dozen and I'm number 11. So I'm the middle of three and... Uh, my my brother is six years older than me, and he was gone pretty much when I turned 13 or 14 years old, which left me and my sister. So even though I'm the middle child, uh, I think I have the... older child tendencies mm-hmm. uh, with regard to my younger sister. Is it is it the same with you or what? With me, it's weird. So I'm my dad's baby. So I'm a daddy's girl mm-hmm. through and through. Um, but like for my brothers... I'm more of a, I take on like a motherly role. I don't know. I just, and and I'm, I just have a nurturing spirit. So I, I'm kind of like, I don't act like the baby at all. <laughs> Except when it come, when it would come to my dad, which mm-hmm. he passed in 99. I'm sorry. But um, when it came to him, I was just, you know, a baby. Yeah. No matter what. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but, but I do tend to take on a mother. I don't know. I can't help it. It's just. I just take care of people. So in addition to your entrepreneurship, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a minute, you're also a registered nurse. And and, and you were telling me that you've been a registered nurse for several years now. Mm -hmm. When did you know that nursing was something that you wanted to pursue? I ran from nursing, to be honest with you. I think uh, because it was so obvious 
that I was like trying to rebel against it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to do that because it was pretty much like, you know, people were like, you're going to own a business, be a nurse or be a teacher. So I didn't want to do any of those things Mm -hmm. because that's what I felt like people were doing, but I couldn't run from it. So I always kind of knew in the back of my mind, but I didn't want to just do bedside nursing or just wait until someone was sick. That was what I was thinking of when they would say that. Mm -hmm. So I just was like, I don't always want people to be sick, you know? And so I had to educate myself and learn about the different roles of a nurse. And once I realized that, then I embraced it. Mm -hmm. But I attended uh, Bel Air Medical Magnet Program. So we got to, um, during the course of the program, each year you did something different. Mm -hmm. But we were exposed to different roles in healthcare. So I think it was more so um, maybe my senior year of high school that I really realized um, some different options for nurses. Mm -hmm. But I still rebelled because when I went to college, I didn't start off as a nursing major. I started off in pharmacy. Really? Yes. Okay. And I was a pharmacy tech tech and worked in pharmacy. Okay. But, and then I, after that, then I went on to nursing and, and went to nursing school instead of pharmacy school. So... With the current pandemic, and forgive me for asking questions that I'm probably you're probably tired of answering. No, it's okay. With, with, with the current pandemic and the vaccines that have finally been made available, and are in the midst of distribution, can you give us any sense of when we might be able to get back to uh, a state of normalcy? Uh, it's, it's, it's been almost a year since we've done the social distancing and the shutting down. And for some people, yeah. it has proven to be very difficult for them to do. Some people are, are outright rebellious about it and uh, can be violent about it, even yeah. on a certain level. Uh, but in that you are a medical expert, I think I would be curious to know what you think about my thoughts. Yes. My thoughts are, I think um, as far as the timing of everything um, and the vaccine, the timing of the vaccine, it's, you know, within our community, we're looking at it kind of sideways, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know about this because we don't trust Mm -hmm. the government, right? Mm -hmm. We don't trust them because of the history. And that's very, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best, um, our best option. Um, we have to develop some herd immunity, right? We have to have get to the point where we are exposed to some degree and able to, because of the way the body works, and able to build antibodies and able to be able to fight this thing because mm-hmm. we've seen mutations. Mm-hmm. But um, I understand everyone's apprehension. So in my mind, I have to kind of compartmentalize it. And I'm thinking like with the Tanika RN brain, and then I think with the Tanika Morris and just me being me, is me being me is like, no, it's, it, I, don't, I don't trust that. I don't, mm-mm. But as a healthcare professional, I, I think that the vaccine is the safest thing to do. And if when made available, I'm going to do it. Um, but 
as far as the timing and people's reaction to things, I, I think we need to go ahead, make the vaccine available, anyone who wants to get it, and they can, you know, based on the criterion, and let the chips fall where they may at some point. Because at this point, we're criminalizing people for being people. Um, we have businesses that have been sanctioned and shut down and people are, I mean, some of them won't ever open again. Mm -hmm. We've had to change the way we do business. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's time. We can't, we can't just be in our houses forever. Mm -hmm. We have to come out. Mm -hmm. And if we've done what we can do, as far as how to deal with it. And I think this administration, this federal administration we have in place now, is going to do much better than the one that was, because the one that was did like basically nothing. Mm -hmm. um, then I think we're on the right track. And we need to really honor democracy and let people make the choice for themselves, as long as it's not harming others. And I think we are getting it under control. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think. So that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's an expert opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I have well, my fears. If not expert, it's certainly an, an experienced opinion, and, yes. and, I, and I appreciate that. Um, I I have a tendency to believe that that while there are levels of government, most politics is local, and so I'm far more interested in what local government is doing to respond to these issues, as opposed to the federal government uh just off the cuff based on your experience how do you think local government is doing um i'm just thinking of at times i think i, I think local government has been okay uh i would say i would give them a, i hate to a b C, okay. B minus, B minus, C plus. B minus, C plus. Okay. Depends on what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and especially in response to what where we were, mm -hmm. I think that I, I really like that they cracked down on things. I feel like they did. You had people who still didn't abide by it, mm -hmm. but they were strict, and. You know, you can't control what people do in their own homes and mm -hmm. that people continued to have gatherings and everything. But even at those gatherings, you still had um, some police officers to pull up. Right. They were pulling up at people's houses. So they were given that order, that mandate to do that. So I think that we, uh, our local government acted as swiftly as they could. Um with with that, I, I don't know that we could have. I mean, aside from just making people stay home, I mean, we at times did didn't we have curfews in the beginning? I'm trying to remember because so much has changed. There were some areas where you did um, have curfews. Yeah, so I mean, I I think they did. I would give them a B minus and 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 to a C plus in some areas. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back to fashion. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your entrepreneurship. What What is the Chimes Boutique, and how, how did you come about that? Oh, Chimes Boutique. So Chimes Boutique is a 
an e-commerce business, if we're okay. online, that's number one. Because some so many people ask me, where is your store, you know? Um, and I chose that route. I had been wanting to start a boutique, oh, forever. Like, I had always wanted to be in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, while everyone was saying nursing, I was saying fashion. Being from Baton Rouge, how are you in fashion? What do you do? You mm-hmm. know, being a little girl and creating this stuff in your head and, and around the house. How do you make a living from that? What mm-hmm. do you do with it? So I chose a safer route, which was, you know, nursing. But for fashion, um, Chimus Boutique started in my heart long before I named it. I knew I wanted a boutique, but as I was pursuing my life, career, I didn't know how it would look. And as time went on, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned my dad passed in 99. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a stepdad, and um, my mom had been with him since I was two. So he was my dad, too, mm-hmm. and um, loved him so much. Um, he passed unexpectedly in 2015. I mean, like, I expected him to be here another 20 years. Like, he was fine. Yes. And... Uh, went to the hospital with what we thought was pneumonia and never came home. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. Like, it made me reevaluate everything. And it made me realize that, which we know we say it, tomorrow's not promised, we say that, but Mm -hmm. like when that happens, like, no, like really, he was a uh, minister and he had, and I'm a little off the subject, but I'm, I'm getting back to your question. Sure. He had uh, suits. He loved to dress, too. He mm-hmm. loved to dress, and he would have his suits and everything. He was wearing this suit to this and this suit to that and everything. And he had he was always waiting for something, though. He was always waiting. Well, I got to help. He was so helpful. He always lived for everyone else. I got to help your sister with this and this and this and this. So he... I would always fuss at him for not taking care of himself because he's worried about everyone else. Mm -hmm. So he was always waiting for something. So I, you know, he was like, I'm going to wear this suit to this and this suit to that. So when he passed and and we're putting, you know, going through his things and I'm looking and he still has these tags hanging Mm -hmm. in preparation for something. And that just, that, I said, no more tags, not for me. So I went for it. I went for it. But uh, still very, I'm a Virgo. Okay. So we are master planners and very strategic and, you know, we we, we got to have it down to the T. I'm so. a Libra, so I don't know anything about you know that. So. <laughs> so you what, October? October 4th. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You're right after us. Well, you know, so I I did it with apprehension. I, I did it just just being cautious, mm-hmm. um, cautious risk taker mm-hmm. myself. So I put it out there. I created this website. I had this merchandise. I put it out there, and then I stood back to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until um, a friend of mine, her husband, said, "Why don't you?" Like, get get out there. You model your clothes. Because I had other people modeling my clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and was, I, they were beautiful people. They had they did great work. But I just didn't, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to get. 
and um, you know, I needed something to be the difference maker. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a number of things I had to change to make a difference in my business, but. You know, I started Charms Boutique because I wanted to get to, you know, after my step losing my stepdad, a happy place. I had to go to grief counseling. Like, I, it, even now, like, my life will never be the same. He, his, he was just such a great loss. But I, I had to, to, I couldn't keep it inside anymore. I had to let it out. Mm -hmm. So I named it Chimes Boutique because I made a list of things that made me happy because that's what it was all about, getting to my happy mm -hmm. for me. And one thing that I always loved as a little girl is the sound of wind chimes. And so that's where the name came from. Okay. And I kind of didn't want to do that because we have a street, we have a name here locally. West Chimes. Right. And yes. I didn't want people to associate it and think it had anything to do with that because it has absolutely nothing to do with that. But I had to follow my truth. And, and I just tell the stories to, you know, let people know because sometimes they ask. But it came from, Chimes Boutique came from my heart and I put my heart into it with every piece. Mm -hmm. I handpick every piece. This entire ensemble, the shoes, the pants, the shirt, the jacket, this is all Chimes Boutique. Okay. And I choose, and I do the same thing with um, each piece. Now help me to understand, do you contract with designers uh, for their wear? Oh, or you want the secret sauce. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. Uh, we, we have a member here at, at our church, uh, Eric Presley, who's who's a clothing designer, mm -hmm. uh, he sits down with the sewing machine and and makes the clothes. Is that part of what you do with Chimes Boutique, or do you contract with other designers uh, for their products? So I do different things, and I've done what you're saying: sat down with someone and they've created designs mm -hmm. for me. Um, I've worked with. Um, companies outside of the United States that will do that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and make very various changes based on, you know, whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I've done that. But what's worked for me is just I work with certain wholesalers, with certain wholesalers and, you know, have built relationships with mm -hmm. them. And, and that's the route that I go now. Okay. For now. The thing about being an entrepreneur that I love and especially, you know, being that fashion is my outlet, is how, like, that can change. Mm -hmm. I might have some pieces that I do some way, and then another, uh, some other pieces that I do wholesale, mm -hmm. and then another one I do from scratch. It just depends on, you know, whatever, it's like art, whatever I create or want to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you cater more towards women's clothing or men's clothing or, or what? Ladies. It, it, it's all ladies. It's all ladies. And gotcha. I'll get requests. And I have a lot of male customers. Mm -hmm. I have a lot. People really, I'm surprised. I was surprised how many men buy for their ladies. Mm -hmm. um, not that they buy, but they shop with me. Mm -hmm. They really, they, they like the look and they know that their significant other will like it. Mm -hmm. And so they're um, repeat customers, loyal customers. Um, but as far as selling uh, men's apparel, 
No, I don't think so. Okay. I get asked that, but I, I don't think so because only because I want to be able to do it justice, and that's just not my interest. Okay. I just don't really, you know, have the passion for men's clothing. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't want to half do, you know, have the ladies looking all perfectly fly <laughs> and then, you know, skimp on the men. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, in that you are virtual uh do do you have uh, a heavy personnel uh, uh group that you carry or is are, are you a one person everything it's growing and sometimes i feel like a one person everything because i'm i have a my hand in everything mm-hmm. everything you know it's like tyler perry he he started off building the set acting and he has a point it, right so because I love it, I don't mind at all. Like, I prefer to be a part of each piece. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I have staff working with me mm-hmm. um, to make everything run smoothly. Um, you know, you have to. So I still do the shoots, you know, the photo shoots, modeling the clothes, choosing the clothes, purchasing, you know, um, fulfilling orders, um, dealing with customer service. Because even though we're virtual, uh, you know, being an e-commerce business, I still have to offer customer service. And that's one thing I never want to skim on. Mm -hmm. I never want my customer service to be um, negatively affected or think that for anyone to think that because we're an online boutique that we don't want to offer the same level of service as if you walked into a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. because that's very important to me. I want my customers to have the type of experience that I want to have when I go into somewhere. It's like why I would choose one grocery store over the other Mm because this one over here might have, you know, be selling billion, uh, you know, we, we know the one that everyone goes to and it's on every corner. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there, you have to pretty much ring yourself up and put your stuff in the buggy and right. all of that buggy. Right. Oh, my goodness. We don't say that in 2021, but <laughs> I'm dating <laughs> myself by saying buggy. But I don't want that experience. I want the experience of that we used to have where the young man brings your stuff to the car or at least put it in my bag and put the bag in my, you don't say buggy, if you don't say buggy, what, shopping cart? Shopping cart, basket. <laughs> basket, yes. basket. I want that level of service. That's what Tanika wants. So that's the level of service that I... Well, let me ask you a typical question about service. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've never done the entrepreneurship that you do, but I have been on the other end. I've, I've been the consumer. Mm-hmm. What's your return policy? Because because that's always a sticking point. That is. It is. And let me tell you. So my return policy was, it was actually 30 days, which was not an industry norm. It Mm -hmm. was there for like four. So Chinese Boutique started in 2015. Okay. I changed to two weeks. So 14 days from the time you get your item Mm -hmm. in um, 2018. Like the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And that's the industry. That was, well, the industry norm is really sometimes, it, it just depends. A lot of times it's no return. But, so I went to that. Um, but after COVID, 
in June of last year is when I went to no returns because of COVID. Okay. I mean, I'm shipping all over the world, and we have this pandemic going on. I couldn't see. I, there was no way, being a nurse, I was going to send something to someone. Okay. So let me push back <laughs> on that for for a second. I'm, I'm buying. It. I'm buying for my wife, mm-hmm. and I'm not. 100% sure what the size should be. And, oh. and, and let's be fair. Uh, a, a, a large in one company is a medium in another. A 2X is, is, is really a large. And so sometimes you get the sizes yeah. wrong. Uh, uh, and, and so if a package comes and it's in the wrong size and I want to send it back, you're telling me that I'm sorry, we can't take the item back? Well, here's what I'm telling you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're talking about customer service, right? right? So I'm saying my policy, you said, what's my policy? Yes. My policy is no returns as of, I think it's 6-15 of 2020. Okay. Right? But it's just like you go to a restaurant and you order your food, right? Right. And... You're supposed to get your food, and you pay for your food, and you go. But if you get fat, and it doesn't taste good to you, then they can make sure that your experience, the customer's experience, is a positive one. Mm -hmm. So if someone reaches out to me, and this is course happens and um and you say i'm a husband and i want to buy something for my wife this happens with me and um i've even had him reach out before i'm like he'll be like she's about your size but and then they get it and she's my size but well yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) what part of her i I think that's a very fair question yes it's about body distribution not just you know weight so, uh, of course, I would make sure that the customer has a positive experience with me. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole point okay. about customer service. I don't ever want anyone to have an experience with Chinese Boutique and feel like they were uh, ripped off, taken advantage of, mm-hmm. or, or wasted their money. Mm-hmm. No. I will... I have I, I deal with that on an individual basis, but that is not the experience I want anyone. And to in have. fairness, sometimes it's because we're ignorant. The the the, the purchaser, like I sometimes. said, if, if I'm buying for my wife, unless I've done extensive research, mm-hmm. I might make the wrong choice. Yeah, I might buy a color, and once she opens it, it's like. What'd you buy it in that color for? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this, but I, but did it come in any other colors than this one? And so I'm just, and, and I know that that's the biggest thing in customer service. It's it's when people want to take stuff back. I'm the kind of person I don't take stuff back. If it's wrong, it's just wrong. You put it to the side somewhere because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't like going through the hassle. The hassle, of, and it is of, a hassle of taking sometimes. stuff back. I try to not. But, well, and for. An e-commerce business, the biggest hassle is the person will have to go back, mail it back, right. and all of that. Um, but, I mean, I have had, because, you know, I'm I'm of a certain stature. You know, I'm 5'9". It's considered tall for a lady. Mm-hmm. And I wear heels and the pants. And it's because I, for so long, couldn't find pants set with a long enough inseam for myself. So mm-hmm. I make sure that the taller ladies are accommodated. Mm-hmm. So 
um, I've had customers that are short. And then they're like, well, it's too long. Well, not usually the ladies, but I had a, a male customer. And he was like, oh, it's too long, and I really love it, but it's too long for her. She was like 5'1". Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I said, well, she really is a petite. Mm-hmm. She needs, you know, she can't even shop regular because regular would be too long for mm-hmm. her. So he, I, I told him he could ship it back, but when he told her he was shipping it back, she said, oh, no, you're not. I'll wear heels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was what the, the communication was with us. But I didn't want him to have wasted his money. You, you, you're saying you bought something and you can't use it. Well... We can make it right. In addition to clothing, do you accessorize uh, necklaces and bracelets and no accessories? No accessories. Okay. No, and I don't think I'll I'll go that route for now. I won't ever say no to anything fashion wise, except mm-hmm. uh, not the men. No men. But as far as the ladies, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as far as the ladies, because we need it all. So mm-hmm. I, I do eventually. Um, plan to entertain that just like shoes you know that's new and and coming on the horizon um so what is the fashion trend for 2021 oh is there a particular trend that's coming down the road that uh, everybody's going to be i mean i've lived long enough now to where i've seen uh bell bottoms and then straight legs and now they're back to spread out and things of that sort so i know that fashion changes I don't know anything about fashion, but I, I, I am observant to the fact that fashions change. What's happening in 2021 fashion-wise that, that I should be looking for? Nothing. Nothing. No, because that's the thing about a true fashionista. We don't follow trends. Okay. And that's something that I want everyone to stop. Don't follow trends. Do you? Okay. Um, and at Chinese Boutique, we offer a classic look, so it will be in style anytime, anywhere, any place. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing with us is at Chinese Boutique is uh, we say a classic look, but a classic and classy look. So I want ladies to know you can be beautiful, you can be as attractive or sexy even as you want, but you don't have to show a lot of skin. Mm-hmm. You can if you want, mm-hmm. but we that's just kind of been the image uh, that has developed, and it's because it's true, it's real. I mean, it, it's how, it's the vision that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, so you can't really follow trends if that's, <laughs> we're going to be in style. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look modern. You're going to look contemporary. And it is for the forward-thinking lady. It's for the the lady who wants to walk into a room and command attention if she wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the clothes will do that for you mm-hmm. um, if that's what you want. But you don't have to look at any particular time. Because I like to be, I have some clothes that I... Um, and, and my customers, too, are still wearing from when I first opened five years ago because I focus on quality. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me, like, they hold well, very well. And um, no particular trend would I say we have to follow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm going to ask you one more question about fashion, then we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Okay. Why do women have to have 75 pairs of black shoes? Oh, because, I mean, we need our heels. I mean, black leather, black patent leather, black suede, yeah, black strap. sling back, black pump, black flat, mm-hmm. black the sandal. Mm-hmm. What? What? All of that. Why does it have to be 75 different pairs of black shoes? I mean, <sighs> just because it's black doesn't mean it goes with everything. You need the different styles depending on what look you're going for. So it's different styles of black shoes. <laughs> you might want a strap. You might want it to lace up your leg. You might want it to just be a pump, a zipper on this side on this one, a zipper in the back on that one. Your feet out on now. <laughs> I cannot look. I have a lot of shoes. To me, if it's a black shoe, it's a black shoe. But well, okay. that's see, that's the board. That's why I don't do men. <laughs> <laughs> the same reason, like when you have a baby and you go shopping for your little boy, uh-huh. you can do that. I mean, he doesn't have much to choose from. Put him some cute little, you know, tennis shoes and whatever. But the little girl, you can do all kind of stuff with her. Same thing. Just curious. Okay, <laughs> I, I had to ask the question. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. You, you, yes. the, the other side of what it is you do is that you're a business person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're not only providing for yourself, but you, as an entrepreneur, are providing income for other people. What are the challenges as an African-American woman in the South being an entrepreneur? Oh. So, in the South, I think it's a matter of perception. When you say in the South, when you put that uh, quantifier on it, perception. So, a lot of people, you know, me being an e-commerce business and being global. I mean, we live in a global society mm-hmm. now. And every people see me all over the world on social media. Um, so, I get asked that a lot. Where are you? Where are you? Mm-hmm. And they're surprised oftentimes. You're in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't think we had it like that, you know? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not really talking so much about the fashion aspect of it as I am the entrepreneur aspect of it. The licensing and the contracts and the oh, taxes okay. and well, that's the, the, too. the challenges of uh, being an entrepreneur here. Do you see them as being different than perhaps the challenges of colleagues of yours who are in different parts of the country? I think it's different, mm-hmm. but the common thing everyone has, and, and being an African American, has the same kind of gripes, challenges, and mm-hmm. hurdles. Women, especially, mm-hmm. um, being invited to the table, mm-hmm. or That's taking what I'm talking a seat about. at the yeah. table. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have those conversations, and Louisiana being always um, kind of, it's still perception. Mm -hmm. Um, So you may not get invited to the table, but um, There are Caucasian people who do what you do. Yes. There are Asian people who do what you do. Do you all ever sit down and talk about the differences that you experience as an African-American versus what a Caucasian may experience, or an Asian may experience, or a Hispanic may experience. When you say you all, you mean myself and those other yes. ethnicities, yes. or myself and my colleague, my your colleagues, your my circle, group, my yeah. circle talk about what they. Yeah. Not so much. Um, 
we talk about it, but it's more so of what we can do. And um, I guess that's a very enlightening question because there's only so much we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to probably step outside of that. But, yeah, you do kind of get boxed in mm-hmm. and, and you feel boxed in. And sometimes it's accepted. And I guess that's probably where my mindset is. Who is my customer? Mm-hmm. And that's what I focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to grow, um, of course. I want to prosper, but it's still like, but I know who my customer is. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not trying to appeal to a group or anything that probably is it's not happening. It may, mm-hmm. but I know what has worked, what's working for Chimes Boutique, mm-hmm. and and that's I guess what I have am, am working on perfecting there. Um, in addition to Chimes Boutique, I mean I just launched another really site. Yes, I, I well I just revealed the logo for my next endeavor, which is TanikaMorrison.com. Okay. Yes. So I'll be offering more. And I'll grow. And as I grow, then, you know, what you were saying is about tapping into those other areas, maybe collaborations, outside of fashion even. Mm -hmm. I'm so open to the possibility of whatever (laughs) I am. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you start one way doesn't mean you have to finish there. Mm -hmm. So I believe in evolution and growth and and being able to uh, reap the rewards of all the work that I put in because I work hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no doubt about it. And, and, and you wear different hats. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're a registered nurse. You run your own online boutique. You just told me you launched another one. But then I'm also reading that you are your own model. Also, you, you model your own clothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you contract out as a model for other businesses and what have you? I have been asked. I don't. The okay. answer is I don't. I have not. Will I? Would I? Yes. And and when it was all, when it when I have been asked, I didn't not do it because, if it makes sense, then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. It has to make sense. It has to make financial sense. Mm-hmm. Number one. It has to be in line with my brand as well mm-hmm. because it's my my image I am my brand as well um so if those two things aren't happening then I don't do it so that's what I run into why I have not but I have been asked as a registered nurse you're a scientist and you deal with uh, factual data as an entrepreneur and a model, you're more of an artist. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different uh, use of the brain from the scientist aspect. What side of the brain prevails in your life? Oh, I use the them The creative both. side or the scientific side? Well, obviously you use them yeah, both, but, yeah, but, but, but which one prevails? When, and, uh. and that's why I love my life, because I've been able to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What prevails depends on on the situation, mm-hmm. 
But oftentimes that science kicks in because even if I'm modeling, I'm even even when I'm working for Chimes Boutique, mm-hmm. I'm still thinking numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking, you know, who market what market this will be most successful in. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I present it? You know. I just we're, we're so multidimensional as as people as human beings, and then you know being a woman, we oftentimes don't show it all. We think that we have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say that the the science part it prevails most, but. Uh, the artistic side is up there. It's, it's way up there. Up there. It's right. way up there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something that the black church, we're, we're, we're a church podcast, mm-hmm. so I have to get around to church at, at some point. Is there something that the African-American church could do to help African-American entrepreneurs such as yourself? Is there a way sure. that we could be more... Uh, useful to what it is that you're trying to do oh sure i mean the church is pillar and and over culturally in today's culture i'll say um i think that that has evolved you know the church has evolved Mm -hmm. um not god but the church um and what people how people see the church mm-hmm. and see the the heads, you know, the pastors of the church mm-hmm. um, has evolved, and I think that that's good. That's a good thing, um, as long as the church is in control of what they are. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let the people dictate outside of the church dictate what the church is. So much, I mean, because you just have so much out here, <laughs> you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think that is the church is the people that's inside of it. Mm-hmm. So I think what the church can do is go to the people within it to see what the needs are. Mm-hmm. As far as how to help the business owners, you have them right here in your church. What are their needs? Mm-hmm. Start there. And then you determine how you can help. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like a business like mine, um, exposure, letting them know that I exist or people like me exist mm-hmm. is great because then they can go and check it out for themselves and determine if they want it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, networking, um, having now we may have to change how we do that, right. you know, but, um, I think these types of um, things are good, you know, podcasts, and people are going to see this that have never, didn't even know I existed. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's a great thing to do. Um, and I think as business owners, um, we can do, you know, more with the church as mm-hmm. well. But we just need to network more and and support each other. Make a you know, conscious effort. Historically, to do that. Uh, we, we're a Baptist church uh, and, mm-hmm. and different denominations 
do things different ways. We had uh, a national, well, we, we have, it still exists, National Baptist Convention, USA Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a convention, there is usually a uh, site within the convention Boots. hall where you can uh, uh, solicit people to come and sell their goods and services. And we often make fun of it. Uh, uh, we, we call it the garage sale. We call it the uh, <laughs> swap meet the, the, or the swap meet, thing, things <laughs> of that sort. But really, it, it, its root is in giving African-American people the opportunity uh, to sell and to do positive business with their own in a large setting. And so while we make fun of it now, uh, the, 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 the genesis of it was really to help benefit black businesses. And to me, that should always be the genesis of the church. Uh, yes, we preach Jesus and we should preach Jesus, but people live not just on Sunday, they live Monday through Saturday and there are needs, there are goods, there are services that should be available to them. And if African-Americans are the ones who are providing those goods and services, then certainly the church should be a part of trying to highlight and spotlight mm-hmm. those businesses, goods, and services. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I said all of that as a preamble to, to, to go back and ask, are we doing no. enough? The church. It's yeah, okay but, to say no, but well, no, no. Well, no, because I'm not saying no. No, the church is not doing enough, but okay. none of us are. That's why I'm saying, you know, the church is not because we're not. Mm-hmm. And um, like when you mention the booths, or we would call that a pop up shop. Mm-hmm. I would call that a pop up shop. Mm-hmm. And so my experience with pop up shops, I did them early on, and you know they still exist in. I get invited to participate, mm-hmm. and um, but they're not usually lucrative. It's not usually good financial sense to do because, mm-hmm. like you said, people come for whatever reason. They're not coming to shop, and right. if you're not coming to spend money on that particular item, then I don't need to bring all of this. It's a lot of work mm-hmm. for them to set up. You have other types of uh, events. Like Essence, for instance, remember Essence, right. and and they will have these these setups. Now that would be something people are coming to spend, spend money. money, right? And so, yeah, if if you're just coming to look and just walk by and just look or touch, <laughs> <laughs> that would just you know like they just want to touch these clothes that people have to wear. If you think about it, and that's why I really love being an e-commerce business because mm-hmm. people aren't just touching all your items, right? The, the hygienic part of it but um yeah so it's it's a mentality i think that we have to get past and do better about mm-hmm. um i think we're getting there i've put that out there on my social media and that got about uh small business owners mm-hmm. right like the post was so mcdonald's messes up your order and you continue to go all your life but a small business owner makes one mistake and you write them off. Yeah. And then you tell everybody that they're, that's they're not also a good the mantra for African American businesses. Well, as soon versus, as I posted that, folks. that's exactly where the conversation went. Yes. So you get one shot. Ter- one shot. Yeah. One shot, and you better be perfect. Yes. And before you gave me that shot, you critiqued me t- just to the umph degree. Right. 
you asked me 50 million questions. Right. So you came with the expectation that I, you know, so it, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult, and you're not going to always be perfect. Mm -hmm. So when you make a mistake or you don't satisfy someone, you just have to, you know, what can you do? But that is something that I think, like I said, the mentality, we have got to change that. Mm -hmm. People were like, well, I supported a black business, and they did blah, blah, blah. I get my order messed up every time I go to McDonald's mm -hmm. on such and such. I know which one. They're going to mess it up. <laughs> They're going to mess it up. And it's like, but that's okay. And I even had someone say, but McDonald's never messed up my order. They may, may, it may have been cold. They may have done whatever, but they didn't mess it up. Well, what's messing up? Because now you've even changed your definition of what's acceptable for them. But you won't change that's it. That's a very good for, point. Yeah, so that's messing up. Yeah. I mean, we it, it's just, we have to get past that. But it's mm -hmm. difficult to have that conversation with people who have that mentality because they don't see it. Mm -hmm. They don't see it. It's almost like the same conversation as black on black crime to me. It's almost the same because you want to talk about, like when you're talking about police brutality and then they bring up black on black crime. Mm -hmm. it, you cannot excuse that because right. of this and and why and there's no what is black on black crime but you know <laughs> crime is crime. Mm -hmm. And people kill who's closest to them, mm -hmm. but we have this defeatist mentality. You know, the crap's in a barrel, but crabs don't go in a barrel. That's the point of that. But mm -hmm. we miss that point that the crabs are in the barrel. So we are all in this together, but instead of us realizing it and helping each other out of the barrel, we're like, well, you fixing to get out the barrel, and I want to get out of the barrel, so I'm pulling you back down here. You're not fixing to get out of here and leave me in this barrel. Mm -hmm. So it's like the same thing when it comes to um, us and business, I think. I understand that you have a rather large online following. Yeah. What do what what do you all talk about online? We talk about all kind of things. They're mainly, you know, it's Instagram, mm -hmm. um, Facebook. We talk about so people, and that's what social media has done. It's shown that Oprah she does the same stuff that I do, you know. And we, I don't know what we ever thought a celebrity or a, a personality that we see on TV is doing. They still got to brush their teeth, wash their face, put your clothes on right. and eat. Right. So, um, yeah, the following, they just, I sometimes show uh, what I'm doing. I, I show, you know, what I have to offer as far as the boutique. And we talk about, though, I, I talk a lot about self-empowering for women. Mm -hmm. Because during the time that I launched China's Boutique, I was going through a divorce. I had been with my ex-husband since I was 16 years old. And here I was dealing with the death, dealing with a lot. And so it was difficult. And it was me having to dig really deep to get through everything mm -hmm. and launch a business and have it be successful so i had to find that in myself 
So I like to share that with with people, uh, especially women, because some of them are going through some of the same things. Mm -hmm. And I want them to know it's not who you think you are, it's who you think you are not. And that's a lot of times what I talk about um, with my followers. Um, I like to share. I keep it positive. That's number one. I don't do negativity, period, in my own life. Mm -hmm. So it's very authentic. I'm I'm very transparent um, with my followers or you know, we talk. And sometimes I'll throw stuff out there. We talk about silly things, too. I post funny things, things that are funny to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I just get their opinion on things. I love music. So a lot what of times. What kind of music? I love soul and R&B music. Old the soul. most. Old soul? Also, like. Motown? Yeah, like, okay. I love Otis Redding. I okay. love Donnie Hathaway. Okay. I love that that, that kind of We're soul. We're on the same page so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that kind of music, you All know. Right. And so I'll share, you know, and, and I grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. so I love 90s R&B, mm-hmm. which a lot of my followers were in the same age bracket. So we'll talk about music. And and things of that nature, yeah. You live in Baton Rouge. You were born and raised in Baton Rouge. You've raised your child in Baton Rouge. What's your thoughts about Baton Rouge uh, for the next generation? If your daughter, it's, it's your daughter, right? I have a daughter and I have a son. Okay, and a son. Yes. If 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 your daughter or son came and said, I have an opportunity to move to Louisville, Kentucky, or Charlotte, North Carolina, or Dallas, Texas. Uh, what do you think, Mom? Do, do, do you think I should take that, or do you think Ooh, yes. I should stay go. here? Go, go. Okay. Yeah, I. we lived in Florida for a minute and, and then came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my daughter, for instance, she is an art major at LSU. Okay. So she, I think, needs to pursue wherever her art will be appreciated. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had those discussions. So she's a sophomore, and if she ever wants to leave, wherever she wants to go, and if she just wasn't ready to go, and Ellis is a great school for for her, and, and, and she had done some competitions in their art school, offered made great offers for her to come to their school. So she's there. Mm-hmm. So she gets to stay home. But if the situation was the same as far as the offer, and it was in, say, San Francisco or a great art mecca somewhere, mm-hmm. then I would have supported the move. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. So look. Do you think that Baton Rouge or South Louisiana, because there's a difference between South Louisiana and North Louisiana. Oh, yes, indeed. Do you think that Baton Rouge or South Louisiana is fertile soil for African Americans to to thrive and grow? It's not. (laughs) It's not. If you travel, you know that that, that's a quick no. It's not. Um... We can't all leave and make it better, though. Mm-hmm. So we need to, and it's better than it has been. Mm-hmm. So we we have, but we just need, to, we're not progressive enough. And I'm saying we, but I'm not talking about 
uh, African Americans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have to have that conversation needs to include other races because we can't fix racism. Black people cannot fix racism. Do you get tired of having to try to explain to people why the way that they think is? Oh, I don't try now? anymore. <laughs> I think it's obvious. I think they know. Yeah. Especially with what's happened in this last administration mm -hmm. with our president, uh, I think they know. They're not. They know. It's just they. We've been drinking the Kool Aid for too long and letting them tell us. Is you knocking me over my head that you're not hurting me? Mm -hmm. We know it is. So I, I'm not trying to explain anymore. And I know that it's not, uh, we're not the problem. We have problems. Mm -hmm. We absolutely do. No one is exempt from that. But we cannot solve racism. We cannot stop someone else from being racist against us, no matter how much we... Uh, abide by the rules or anything, if the rule is not, if it's implemented in a way to keep me down, how can I ever, ever get out of it? You know? Yeah. So, it, it doesn't, Baton Rouge, we just not aren't progressive enough here. Um, other states are more progressive and I want my children to experience that if they want to experience that. I, mm -hmm. I mean, they we visited and, and they see. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obvious. So that's I think our biggest problem in this state, racism. It it's fundamentally the issue when it comes to economics, education, employment, all of that, all of it. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts with us today, no coming problem. by. I wish you well on your new site under your name, yes. Tanika Morrison. And thank you so much for being a part of the Thrive Podcast today. Thank you. Thank you all for viewing. We're back for your number four. Stay with us. We'll be back again real soon.